Welcome to episode number 31 of the Student Manager in Fonger News. Your host, Michael Fong. Special guest, the Associate Admissions Director, Southern California, Camille Kreitz. Camille, what's up? Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. You are like the first admissions counselor on the show from the regional California um, uh, counselors. So thank you for for taking the courage to jump aboard and say, I want to do this. I, I do have to ask you a question because those are listening out there that are listening to an admissions counselor, right? Yes, you're from Southern California. We're not talking about students here. You're going to hear the ins and outs of what Camille goes through with the process of the search and admissions for not only Syracuse, but her her overall take. Um, so listen up because it's going to be a good episode. The first question, um, before I get into the first question, we always have to take care of housekeeping. Murph Cargis is our executive producer, formerly of Sugar Ray, and our corporate sponsors, Trenta. Trenta is the finest Italian food restaurant, actually right down the street. We kind of passed it, Camille. Maybe next time he's only open for dinner. Just ask for Marco or Giorgiorno. They're my friends. And then okay. Newport Rib Company, a big, big supporter of Corona Del Mar High School, Newport Harbor High School, Modern Day High School, Costa Mesa High, Costa Mesa High School, which are a lot of my followers and listeners. All right. Let's get into it. We are SU, Syracuse, Big Orange, out in Syracuse, New York. How do we get Southern California parents and students to be more familiar with Syracuse? Um, I think uh, what's really important is that they work with their college counselors and find out what kind of fairs, college fairs, are going on um, in the area. There are lots of big national fairs. There's a big fair coming up in Anaheim. A lot of the high schools are having college fairs. Um, and then just getting on the websites and sort of checking it out. If you are particularly interested in Syracuse, you can get online and sign up and find out what events we are hosting locally. So we mm -hmm. might be hosting um, information sessions. We usually do something at the end of the summer in San Juan Capistrano for parents and students. Um, different different events that we're hosting, but you'll find out about those if you sign up on our website. So I had the opportunity to visit Syracuse when I was in college as a student manager with Long Beach State. We got our ass kicked, uh, played in the Carrier Dome, and uh, I thought it was a great little town. It was in December. There was a lot of snow and it was cold, but I thought it was kind of cool. I don't know if I would be able to go to school there for four years um, just because of the weather. So how do you sell the weather to these Southern California uh, students or maybe even anybody that's from California? Well, first of all, a lot of California students are really excited to go someplace where there's snow. Um, but for those who aren't as excited, I would say uh, what I tell students is typically we don't get a lot of snow fall semester. Um, mm -hmm. When they come back after the holidays in January, there's going to be snow and it'll be, you know, a couple of months of snow. They've got a spring break in between and then they're home for the summer. So you're not living in the snow for four years. You're, you have snow a couple of months out of the year. Um, and, and you try and get through it that January and February. That's right. And everybody's in the same boat. 
Um, we have a walking campus, so everybody is out and about in the winter just as much as they are uh, during the good weather. So, you know, you've still got to walk to class, you've got to walk to the dorms, you've got to walk to the library. And so it's a really active, lively campus even during the winter time. It's funny, while we're driving here, my daughter from University of Washington texts me and she put, she's at Washington, for those of you that follow me a lot, it's snowing. And then, of course, me as her dad said, take a picture. She goes, it's not sticking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Just like here. So let's talk about that. You talked about everyone's experiencing it. The city of Syracuse, it, it, it's the corridor. They, they connect the city pretty well, not only for buses and bikes. Why don't you expand on that? Because someone from Southern California, it's a great experience to go to Syracuse. Right. So first of all, if you're living on campus, you're not even allowed to have a car, which is a novel um, okay. idea for kids from Southern California. Um, it, Like I said, it is a walking campus. Um, we have the Connective Corridor, which is a bus system that takes students from the campus to downtown. That is free for Syracuse students. Um, obviously, we've got Uber as well, so easy ways to, to get around. Um, the bus station and the train station and the airport are all within 15 or 20 minutes from the air from the campus. So if you do want to go to Boston or go to New York City or um, you know fly out, uh, get home, it's pretty easy as far as transportation goes. Um, so most students are walking or taking the bus. And you talk about New York. I mean, Syracuse pulls a lot of students from New York. You're really close to New York. Mm -hmm. But isn't Southern California or California right behind in terms of student population? California students are our fifth biggest um, population on campus. So after the tri-state area, next is California. Did you all hear that? Fifth biggest population. Let's be more specific. How many Southern California uh, let's go maybe last year's class or even, yeah, you don't have this year's class yet, but last year's class. So last year's class, we had 200 students from Southern California. The year before that, it was about 180 or 190. So we're always up in the high 100s to 200 as far as students from Southern California that go to Syracuse. And for my modern day listeners, for the last three years, I think the average number of applications to Syracuse is between seven and 14. I told Camille that, but she's going to Fact check me and verify that. <laughs> but will that uh, is that due to you, Camille, since you've been in the, this position for about five or six years? Talk to my audience about I, I think it's that. a combination. Um, there are two of us working in Southern California full time. So we do cover a lot of the events out here that are hosted by high schools. Um, we are hosting those information sessions. We are um, hosting interviews, so uh, seniors can come in and interview with us. And then we also have a big alumni group out here. So the combination of us getting the word out, alumni coming back, students coming back, and sort of just spreading the word, and it's sort of, um, you know, spreading that word sort of exponentially as more people come back to California and, and go to Syracuse. And now after people listen to you, maybe we'll even get more applications next year. Maybe. Right? So let's talk about their applying. Uh, Syracuse is known. Uh, one of the people I follow is Bob Costas, mm -hmm. obviously. Great sportscaster. Mm -hmm. A great uh, Newhouse Public School of Communications. Mm -hmm. That's one of the great schools out in Syracuse. Talk to me about some other uh, strong majors. Sure. So our professional school of architecture, it's a five-year professional degree program, ranked typically in the top three. Mm -hmm. um, 
Our business school is ranked in the top 20. We have a really strong entrepreneurship major um, and then big connections with our MBA program for graduate school. Uh, Public policy, public affairs is ranked number one in the country. Um, So a lot of pre-law students, Mm -hmm. uh, students that are interested in going to law school, and we do have a law school on campus. Um, Education, especially um, as special education, uh, is a big program at Syracuse as well, engineering, uh, and then our visual and performing arts. So we have a top 20 film school, acting, musical theater, music itself, music industry. We have a really unique program called uh, the Bandeer Program, which is for students interested in the music industry, but that are not musicians themselves. So that want to go into production, marketing, um, maybe agents, that sort of thing. The behind the scenes, Mm kind of like what Murph Cargis is doing. Exactly. You talked about visual arts, the school, uh, obviously, now I have followers from Orange County School of the Arts, where my daughter uh, mm-hmm. went. How big of a uh, draw is OSHA? Because I have listeners, parents listening. How can we get them more aware of the strong visual arts program at Syracuse? Um, I feel like the counselors at OSHA are pretty aware of our arts program. We do get a lot of applications, both for the visual and for the performing arts. Mm-hmm. Um, my colleague, who um, is is an arts expert, she actually was a design major at Syracuse or illustration major. Um, she comes in and does master's classes at OSHA, uh, and they do the fairs uh at that school and then I know a lot of those school those students also come to our information sessions in Orange County Um, so I feel like the students are pretty aware of the programs particularly I feel like both for acting and for and for the visual arts so design illustration any of those and you talked to me earlier when we were together you talked about I think I don't think you hit on it but sports management Yes. And sports analytics, because mm-hmm. now I'm going to focus on my modern day students and parents, a great high school for sports, but you might not be able to be an athlete, right? Uh, sports management, sports analytics? Sure. So sports management, I think we're a top three school in sports management. So if students are interested in um, maybe going into coaching or going into team management, um you know, anything like that, ticket sales, uh, anything that, uh, you know, event management when it comes to uh, stadium management, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Any of those things um, are are jobs that you can go into. Also working for big companies like, say, a Nike, big sponsor companies. Um, those are the sorts of things that you'll be learning in sports management. So uh, there's a business side, but specifically geared towards the sporting industry. And then sports analytics up until a couple of years ago was only offered as a graduate program. So we were the first to offer it at the undergraduate level. And that is really um, the statistics and the numbers behind the sporting industry. When we first came out with the major, Time Magazine called it a major in Moneyball. So if anybody's familiar yes. with Moneyball, that, Bean. that is what sports analytics is all about. So you have to be really strong in math. And really love sports. Data science. Where was this when I was going to college? Right? I know. (laughs) All right. So now you're on campus. Let's talk about the class sizes, student to teacher ratios. So we have 
nine different colleges within the university. So that sort of already narrows down the class sizes, divides people up a little bit. Uh, we have about 14,000 undergraduate students, but you divide that into nine colleges and our class sizes go down to about 25 on average. Uh, obviously, your intro general ed classes like a Bio 101 or an Astronomy 101 are going to be bigger than that. Mm -hmm. But on average, 25 with a student-to-teacher ratio of 15 to 1. Those are great ratios. Uh, when I talk to students as well as parents, I talk to them about, well, you know, when you go visit the campus, I know we did with my daughters, go to a big lecture hall, go to a small class, just mm -hmm. kind of get a feel of what it's like. Right. And I would say our largest lecture hall on campus seats 200. And that's um, not big at all, by the way. Right. Well, 200 is great. I sat, in, I sat in classes when I was in college with 500 students. So that's the largest. And again, that's going to be for like that psychology 101 mm -hmm. that everybody is taking as their general ed class. Let's talk about outside of academics. You have obviously clubs, organizations, the Greek life. I remember when we were at SU, I actually went by my fraternity house, checked it out. I remember going to, oh gosh, is it Sutter Mill? That, that's an old bar. I, I don't even know if it's around, but that's like right out in Sumner, Sumner Mill out there in downtown Syracuse. But what is the social life like that maybe you know or you're aware of talking from other students, mm -hmm. the Greek life, clubs, organizations, how to get involved? So we have over 300 clubs and organizations on campus. So there's something for everybody. Um, I'd say about a quarter of our students are involved in Greek life. Um, so it's a nice proportion, but not so big that if, if you don't want to get into Greek life, you wouldn't feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of our Greek life is... Um, community service based. We have some professional fraternities that are co-ed. For example, we have a co-ed film fraternity um, and that's for students that are either film majors or just interested in film in some way, shape or form. And so that's sort of a non-traditional type of fraternity. Um, a lot of community service opportunities with students. Uh, we, for example, we have a, an organization that the business students are involved in where they actually market um, homemade handmade goods from Central America and all of the proceeds go back into the village to pay for uh, girls education in that mm. village um, so all kinds of things like that a lot of community service in the schools internship opportunities in the schools the local schools and um, anything and everything study abroad's big there too correct Big study abroad program. We've been doing study abroad for, uh, gosh, 70 years. Um, we have programs in Europe, in Asia. Uh, right now, unfortunately, our Hong Kong program um, is temporarily shut down because of all the political um, uprising there right now. But we've had uh, centers in Europe, South America, Africa. And so at least half of our students do study abroad in some way, shape, or form. And for students to stay active, we were talking about this, and I didn't see it when I was there. Isn't there a new facility or a new rec center that's like five stories tall? Yes. So the Barnes Center just opened up in September, and it is our new health and wellness center. So anything that has to do with student health and wellness, whether it's uh, the medical center, uh, if you need to see a doctor, if you need to go to a pharmacy, if you need a, a counselor, a mm -hmm. mental health counselor, 
um, if you have learning differences, anything that has to do with your physical or mental wealth, health and wellness, and then also the gym. So there is a swimming pool, there is a running track, basketball courts, um, classrooms for kickboxing and yoga, and then there's also a rock climbing wall. So it's a place where students can come and work out, where they can come and sit with a dog in an animal therapy room. Um, Everything's there. Everything is there. You have the Carrier Dome on campus, which is one of the highlights and landmarks, and Hendrix Chapel. Am I missing anything else that might, if someone's visiting Syracuse, you know, you walk through the corridor, you go to the student union, you see some of the landmarks. What, what else really makes Syracuse pretty? I think the architecture, because we were founded in 1870, and this is our 150th anniversary, by the way, this year, um, Krauss College, which was one of the original buildings, um, it looks like uh, something out of Harry Potter. Okay. And then we've got the Hall of Languages, which looks like the Munsters Mansion or the Adams Family Mansion. So a lot of those sort of eclectic old 1800s buildings. Love those buildings. And then the really modern stuff. So everything you can kind of see through the ages, the, the, um, the differences in the architecture. It's a really interesting campus. I mean, this is a sales pitch right here for Syracuse, right? Mm -hmm. We've been talking so highly of it. Students and parents probably now listening are saying, okay, what does it take to get in? Um, the acceptance rate is 52%. It's actually um, closer to 47 now. 47, mm -hmm. okay. Talk to me about the average ACT. So the median ACT right now is about a 27 and about a 12, 80 SAT. Um, that will depend, obviously, on the college you're applying to. If you're applying to the School of Education or the business school or Newhouse, some are more competitive than others. So parents like to focus a lot on acceptance rate. Questions I always ask a student, and I'll ask you, put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. What's the retention rate? This is the percentage of the students that actually stay after their freshman year. Yes, Southern California, yes, Orange County. These are students that do not transfer back home. So what's the retention rate, Camille? Right, ours is actually 91%, which is one of the highest in the country. That's something to be very, very proud about mm -hmm. because most retention rates that I look at, and they're still high, Right. they're in the high 80s, but mm -hmm. 91, when I saw that, I'm like, wow. That tells me a lot about the students that you're accepting. They actually love it there, mm -hmm. enjoying the experience, great teachers, they want to come back. Right. And then most importantly, after their four years or when they graduate, the graduation rate at Syracuse is? It's about 80%. Yes. Mm -hmm. 80%. Pretty good graduation rate. In four years. In four years. Let's talk about that. Because now when you graduate, the alumni network. Mm -hmm. I think I quizzed you on this. Do you know the number? I don't know the numbers, but I can tell you that in California, it's the largest network outside of New York State. Do you know exactly how many in California? Mm -hmm. Because the entire SU network is 250,000. I'm curious, actually, to find out what it is in Southern California. I know when I walk along the beach, there are the SU flags. Uh, but 250,000 alumni from Syracuse, meaning, let's talk about... In college, internships, mm -hmm. let's talk about when you graduate, the support and trying to get jobs. I mean, Syracuse is near New York. 
you're here in Southern California. Let's talk about now you are a SU Orangeman alum grad. How are we getting jobs? What are we doing? Okay. So first of all, during school, um, a lot of the majors require internships or if they, and if they don't, they encourage them highly. So a lot of our students are doing internships during school or during the summers in between, um, you know, their, maybe their junior and senior year. So they are getting a lot of um, hands-on experience. We have three internship programs uh, Los Angeles, New York City, and Washington, D.C., depending on majors, where students can spend a semester doing an internship. Um, and those are in places where we have high levels of high concentrations of alumni. Now, when students come back to California, if they do come back to California, um, we have the office out here where we are um, hosting those internships, but we are in the process right now of um, a fundraising drive to fund a career services officer in our Los Angeles office. Hmm. So we have our career services office on campus that helps students find jobs, sets them up with interviews, helps them with their resumes. We have an officer in New York City, and we are now, and this is um, being pushed by our alumni association out here, we are um, hoping by this summer to have somebody in our office uh, as a career services person. So if somebody comes back to California, they can get in touch with them, they can get help, get connections, help with their resume, with their cover letters, help you know get them set up with right. um, interviews, things like that. And that's specifically for the Syracuse uh, LA campus? Well, yeah, that, or the office. that's where we have an office, so it'll be Correct. a Southern California person. Excellent, mm -hmm. good to hear. So now as admissions, recruiter counselor here in Southern California. Mm -hmm. Camille, this place is crazy. We've talked about this. This whole search and admission process might be a tipping point. What, what have you seen in the last five years and where, where do you think it's, this is all going? You know, with the advent of the Common App, um, obviously students are applying to more schools mm -hmm. and I, I'm not sure if that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, because they're not forced sort of to narrow down, um, you know, what they're really looking for. Um, I see more and more middle schools getting involved in the college. They're wanting to host college reps and host college fairs. And that's too young. I feel like it's too young. When it's like I, AAU programs. When I'm at a college fair and I have a sixth grader come up to me, I'm I'm really concerned about their parents. <laughs> oh wait, so are you going to call me crazy for taking my kids? No, that's to different. visits when they were that's nine, different. eight, and four. That's just getting them. That's just you know, getting them acculturated. I think <laughs> that's fine. So let's maybe peel back the onion and, and kind of take parents through. Uh, high level, nothing any of your secrets, but the admission process. Obviously, you read files. Mm -hmm. What do you look for? What are you seeing? We kind of talked about this. What can you tell a parent that it's okay if you don't have that three in front of your ACT right. or a four right. in front of that GPA? So Syracuse does what we call um, a holistic review. So we are really looking for um, students that are going to be a good fit on our campus and that are going to stay all four years and graduate. 
Um, so they need to be a good fit academically because I feel like I might really like a student, but if I accept them and they come to campus and they're not going to make it academically, then it's not fair mm-hmm. to the student. Um, so I, I do not want to set students up for failure. So I'm looking for students that are strong students. Um, and we can look at their GPAs. We can look at their test scores. Uh, but we also want to look at what they're doing extracurricular-wise, you know, um, what sort of leadership opportunities they have, uh, what their extracurricular activities are. I love the student... You know, I was reading an application the other day who is president of their senior class, and not everybody is going to be the leader and the president of their class, but they're also um, a competitive surfer, mm-hmm. you know, which is pretty typical here in California. You, you get that sort of thing. But I love that. You get that, Johnny Newport I, right down I, the I street. I love that. I love the, you know, that, that sort of difference, that yes. kind of overachiever at school, and, and then they're, you know, a surfer. Um, so, you know, just looking for kids that are interested that are interesting, um, that have a lot of different uh, things that they like to do because a typical Syracuse student is the student that has a lot of different ideas and they might be double majoring or majoring and minoring and have many different interests. How does a student separate themselves rather than just checking the box? I think being really honest about the things that they're doing do a, a really good personal essay mm-hmm. can really give us some insight into who the student is. Um, being honest about, you know, their family backgrounds, um, the things that they like to do, uh, just just really give us a good feel for what it is um, that really drives them. And I've had counselors, external counselors on talking about like the do not do's, mm-hmm. right? And you may agree disagree or validate and confirm she said stay away from things on the essay such as like asb the winning goal the things that every other student's going to have would you agree with that i tell students that if it's something that is really important to them and really defines them then that's what they should write about Mm -hmm. Um, i tell students that if they're going to write about a sport that they shouldn't write do a play-by-play because not everybody understands it and they don't know who's going to be reading their application. So if you're doing a play-by-play in a basketball game, you might lose your reader. But you can talk about why basketball is so important to you or maybe a specific incident that happened um, and why that was interesting or why it changed you or, or, or what that challenge was. So it's not necessarily don't talk about sports or don't talk about your um, mission trip to Belize or mm-hmm. whatever. If it, if it was something that was really important to you, then that's what you should be writing about. What advice would you give students today, a junior, senior, as they go through this process, not specifically for Syracuse, mm-hmm. but here in Southern California? Most of obviously my listeners are in Southern California. We talk about this a lot. There's a lot of pressure not only from parents, and we'll, we'll touch on that, but what advice can you give to students? Um, I would say, apart from focusing on your studies, um, really be open-minded. Um, you know, realize that the best time of your life, the time when you really have the most freedom, 
before you start working is going to be when you're in college. So that's the time when you can experiment, when you can try something new, when you can try new places. You can always come back to Southern California. Um, but, you know, getting out of state or out of Southern California, even to Northern California or to Arizona, um, Hawaii, wherever it is, um, or the East Coast or even Europe. Um, but this is the time really for you to kind of experiment. And so be open-minded about um, the colleges that you're looking at. When you're going to a college fair, I have to say the the least impressive comment I get is when a student comes up and asks me where I am, where my I'm located, and I say New York, and they say, oh, no, I'm not leaving California. That student to me is the most unimpressive student that I can talk to because they have no desire to be curious or to be adventurous or to try something new. Um, so just really, this is your time to really just kind of get out there and try new things. But would you point that finger back to the parents of not really showing them or teaching them like there's more outside of Orange County specifically here? A lot of times it's the parents. I mean, I, I told you um, that, you know, my mom was the same way when I was mm -hmm. looking at colleges. Um, I, I was restricted to looking at California schools. Right. And, and you know what? It, and to the benefit of the doubt, because some families, resources and financially, they can't afford it. But that's a great teaser and transition to the cost of Syracuse as compared to maybe the cost of a UC. We talked about this. Mm -hmm. How affordable is it? Well, we're a private university, so, you know, we're more on par with USC, for example. Um, so our total cost of enrollment, which would be tuition and fees and room and board and um, travel and books and anything that goes into, um, you know, what you do in a full academic year is going to be about $72,000 a year. Um, but what you need to think about is the fact that most of our students are graduating in four years um, and that the cost of living in upstate New York is much, much less than it is in California. And I would venture to say that most places outside of Southern California are going to be less expensive as far as cost of living goes. So what Camille is saying for my followers and listeners, especially here in Southern California, if you can't get into SC, right? Because that's the sweatshirt brand that we talk about. Mm -hmm. Like, why not apply to SU? It's private. You're going to pay the same, right? I love the alumni network and what they have in place in terms of internships and jobs that you talked about, mm -hmm. which probably to me sounds a little bit more interesting. Yes, I'm going to say it probably than like the Newport Beach in Dallas, right? Or the SMU or some of the Southern schools. SU is 150 years old and just breaking news today they got a huge 15 million dollar <laughs> donation from a couple putting it towards the visual arts program which is going to make that whole internship and program much stronger and better right what would you tell parents out there listening because especially out here these are the parents that are putting so much pressure on the kids mm -hmm. Um, what's your advice? Um, I would say you really need to, you need to guide your parent, your students, but 
the process really needs to be theirs. They are the ones that need to make the decisions. Obviously, financial decisions are going to, you know, end up being a, a family um, discussion. But as far as where the student is really going to fit in and where they're going to be happy and where they're going to thrive and be successful is really going to be based on what the student wants and not what on the parent wants. And Camille, you just hit it right on the dot because I talk about it's the students, it's your kid's journey, right? Don't live your life vicariously through your kids right. and, and let them decide. That's, for example, my daughter now, I say, you make that decision. I don't care where you go. I will support you wherever you want to go. Mm -hmm. Now, it's her decision because ultimately, whatever decision it is, I don't want her to not like it and say, well, you kind of told me to go here, right? Right. And that's what right. I, I hear a lot of. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had a lot of guests on here that have transferred uh, back to Southern California, but I don't right. think those were the right fits to begin with. Exactly. Um, if a student is visiting Syracuse, what's your recommendation, uh, student or parent visiting Syracuse, how to take that visit and approach to make sure that they're getting everything out of that visit they want? I would say definitely sign up for a campus tour. Um, we offer campus tours almost every single day of the year. Um, you can do a general information session and then break out into the tour that you're more interested in. For example, if you are interested in the School of Engineering or the School of Communications or Arts and Sciences, maybe you are interested in biological research, you want to look at the research labs and the, um, you know, the different facilities. So you can break out into those individual tours. Our tours are run by our students. We have an mm -hmm. organization called University 100, and they are phenomenal. Um, so it's a great way to be able to speak with a student, um, be able to see the facilities on campus, and then kind of hone in on those areas um, that you're most interested in. There's two things I want to touch on as we wrap up this podcast. We're with Camille Kreitz from Syracuse University, educating, teaching my audience, followers, students, and parents on the whole process. A little bit about SU, the Orangeman. Um, you went to UC Davis undergrad. That's another UC that I like to talk highly about. If you can't get into the Cal's or the UCLA's or the UC San Diego, UC Davis is a phenomenal school outside of Sacramento, college town. It's probably grown up a lot since you attended there, but mm -hmm. a 30 second elevator pitch on UC Davis. You know, I loved my time on campus. Um, it is, it's a, it's a UC in the middle of uh, farm cows, far, farmland. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're a half hour from San, uh, San Sacramento, two hours from Lake Tahoe. So good skiing, an hour and a half from San Francisco, um, Napa. So it's really in a great area because you can focus on your studies um, when you need to, but you're close to everything as far as getting where you need to go. And it's a top-notch university. I, I tell students and parents, if you can't get into UCLA or Cal, or even if you're applying to those two schools, you need to be applying to UC Davis as well. Mm -hmm. You spent 23 years in Florence, right? 33. Oh, 30, my bad, <laughs> 10 years off. <laughs> 33 years in Florence, all with Syracuse? All with Syracuse. It yes. talked to, because people studying abroad or mm -hmm. that whole experience as well. Right. So we have a study abroad program there. Um, it's been there since the late 50s. Um, the first students came over by boat. And so we've been doing that program for a long time. Uh, we own 
property in the city of Florence, and it's our largest study abroad program. We have anywhere between 250 and 400 students per semester that go to school there. Um, and we also have a graduate program there in art history. So we get a lot of Syracuse students, but also a lot of non-Syracuse students. Um, schools like USC, uh, Loyola, Tufts, Rutgers, they all um, come on our study abroad programs um, in Florence and some of our other European centers. I'm going to put you on the spot. This is what I always ask my students, either they're going to know this question or not. Murph, you know what I'm going to ask her. And I didn't tee this up. I know. And if she doesn't get it, we'll just edit it out. He didn't warn me. I did not warn you on this. <laughs> Who is the president of Syracuse University? Severin. That's it. Chancellor Severin. I, I was going to butcher his last name. I'm glad you have the last name because I, I had the first name. Yeah. Well, after listening to this podcast, hopefully... This community, Orange County, the Newport Unified, uh, Newport Mesa Unified School District, uh, Modern Day OSHA, there's more students familiar mm -hmm. with Syracuse. I'm a big SU fan. Jimmy Beheim, Jim Beheim, the basketball coach. Yep. Actually, I'm going to give a shout out to Dan O'Dell. Coach O'Dell loves Syracuse college basketball. Uh, so Syracuse, it's out in New York, for those of you that don't know it, Camille, she's on her way now down to Dana Hills for some more recruiting. College fair, yeah. College fair. Uh, those that want to get in touch with her, you can DM me. You can get a hold of me. I will get you in touch with Camille. Go Orangemen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for thank joining. You for me. I want to thank our executive producer, Marf Cargis. Murph Cargis in the house. And then obviously our sponsors, Trenta Italian Finest Restaurant here in Costa Mesa, as well as Newport Rib Company, my boy, John Orsini. Uh, with that said, episode 31, out, Fonger News, out.